I'm Jonathan Kaplan, the host of the Writing With podcast, and today I'm joined by Anthony Palmer, the founder and CEO of Palm Tree Podco, and he's the executive producer of this podcast. The truth is I couldn't do this without him. I could do the content, but I couldn't do anything to make it, to actually get it on the computer and deliver it to you in a way that sounds professional and sounds just good. So Anthony, thanks for your time. You're on vacation. So double thanks for doing this. We just <laughs> talked off mic, just briefly, the race itself. Vingegaard, Jonas Vingegaard, Tajay Pajikar, 10 seconds apart. It's a race between the big men. The last time a race was this close probably was 1989 when Le Monde beat Laurent, Laurence, uh, Laurent Fignon by eight seconds on the final day. So we'll see if we'll see what happens over the next, uh, there's six stages left. Monday's a rest day. Thank God, because I need it. You probably (laughs) need it. And, but yeah, I just think, you know, there's, I wrote down, there's a couple of races, right? There's the race between the big two. Yep. There's a race for third, which is super exciting this year, which is exciting. Yeah. And then there's a race for the top 10 in which, just to look at the top 10 there, there's Sepp Kuss, an American who's at number six. Mm-hmm. There are two twin brothers in the top 10, the Yates brothers, Adam and Simon. Um, and there are two Frenchmen in the top 10, which I thought was kind of, that's good for the French. They haven't that's- had a winner in many, many years. Yeah. It's great for them. And yeah. So I think those are the, the storylines I've been looking at, I think yet, both yesterday and today, there were some horrific crashes. Took out a bunch of guys. Yeah, I was, um, I missed, I was driving down here to the beach yesterday. And um, so I missed the stage live, but I was a couple times through the car ride in the early part of it. I was pulling Peacock up and just letting it play until everybody in the car started yelling at me about having, you know, Tour de France coverage <laughs> playing through the Bluetooth. Yes. yes. Um, and, and I, at one point I queued in and heard that there was a big crash and then it wasn't until later in the drive I had pulled up um, the yesterday's episode of The Move and was kind of listening to it quickly and heard about the crashes yesterday. And man, those horrific sounding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yesterday, you know, at least it was among the riders. Today's was caused by a fan, it looked like. Ah, jeez. Either a fan sticking out his, his or her arm and accidentally either taking a selfie or I couldn't, I don't think, I don't think the guys who are on the world feed and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Could quite tell the fan sticking out his arm and hitting a rider's handlebar. And it took, I mean, it, a lot of guys went down, including step coos. So oh, no. let's get to the, the media coverage. Yeah. You're watching on Peacock, which is the NBC streaming service that is broadcasting the tour de France. Yeah, I watch on Peacock this year. I, last year, um, I went through the troubles of having a, uh, I think I used ExpressVPN and would change my location so that I was in Europe so I could catch the GCN feed. Um, because GCN, I think, is the preferred, uh, right. at least in, as far as my, I'm concerned, it's my preferred choice to watch it on. But, um, you know, I mean, we've grown up with Versus and OLN and, you know, the, the crew that is now NBC. And I mean, it's still, I, it's quite yeah. enjoyable to watch. You know, I, it all NBC or Peacock or NBC 
also offers the world feed. Yes. Which, which runs without awesome. advertisements. Yep. And the two announcers, Anthony McCrossan, who used to be Sky News's cycling play-by-play guy. Oh, I don't think I knew that. And I didn't even know his name. I had to, I had to DM the other, the other Irish, the, the Irish guy who, who's his partner, Nicholas Roach, former professional writer, mm-hmm. writer. Um, I DM'd him. I said, Hey, who's your partner? Because he never, he's so unassuming. He never says who he is. And those guys are fantastic and there are no advertisements. Yeah. They do. Which a very kind of job. like, yeah. So, you know, Spencer Martin, who does the Beyond the Peloton podcast, pointed out, you know, Americans kind of like their announcers like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Tony Romo, you know, to be loud and boisterous. And and these guys are anything but. Not, not that there's no enthusiasm. They're just a little more understated. Maybe it's the accent, you know, the British and Irish accent that makes them a little more, uh, turns down the volume, let's say. But man, I think... Those guys, I think they're just fantastic. I don't know how they do it without any breaks. I, I don't either. I mean, I think that's the thing, too, about the GCN feed is and – and at least on GCN, I know that I think um, – and I could, be, I could be totally wrong on this, but I do – I think I remember this from the Jura this year. Like, at, at certain points in time, Dan Lloyd will jump in, Robbie McEwen will jump in, Adam Blythe will drop in. So I, I think they, there's, like, some relief that they give each other in that. Yeah. So they do offer some like mini profiles of, you know, history of the race or mm-hmm. you know, riders who are retiring, but they're, they're really short. So just so our listeners know, GCN is the global cycling network, which is part of Eurosport. Yes. You can, you can pay to subscribe, which I think it's like forty nine ninety nine a year or something. But you but, don't get every race even with subscribing. Exactly. Right. So if you want to get, if you want to, I want, that's where I saw the G watch the Giro. Mm-hmm. Right, but if you you need to do something much more technical, like you're doing to get the yeah to watch it the was, Tour de France, it was, yeah, it was a heavy lift. But I do, like I said, I I did enjoy their and and I will say, as far as um, the NBC goes, world whether it's the world coverage or just the U.S. coverage, I mean, it's hard to not enjoy the like history of hearing Phil Liggett talk. Uh, you know, I I think Bob Roll's hilarious. I like I remember. <laughs> I remember when Bob Roll used to host the like evening broadcast of the tour, like back during the Lance era and always really enjoyed like his, like the voiceovers they would do with him in the evenings. I, I think it was, I, I could be misremembering this, but I think I that's right. They'd that had, they would show the race in the morning, the whole race. And then in the evening, right. I think it was on NBC sports. Mm-hmm. They would a cable channel. They would, um, they would abbreviate the race to like an hour and a half for a more American audience, let's say. Yeah. 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 But it was always fun going back and rewatching it in the yes. evening and hearing Bob's commentary on it. But um, I know you kind of had on our outline, um, and I think I guess we're naturally kind of heading there, talking about Christian being on the bike and out of the studio and having having Sam and Brent in the studio this year. But um, I don't want to – I'm not trying to steal the reins from you, but I would no, love to ahead. hear your go thoughts because I, I, I think it's been – I was a little curious about Christian being on the bike, um, but I think he's added a phenomenal layer to the coverage that I've really enjoyed him being on the motorcycle this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he, I thought he got over the years, he's gotten a lot better and more comfortable in the studio. Mm -hmm. And I, but I think on the bike, 
you know, for him to actually talk about the, the, the racing tactics and the overall strategy. Um, it, it's, a, it's been a really good addition. Oh, it's Although, been the, awesome. And he, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was, was going to say the, the one thing I think has been a total joke and just such a waste is that, you know, sometimes they put microphones into the team cars and you can listen to the feed of what the race directors are yelling at their riders. And it's kind of like, boys, you know, they do, none of them speak English. So it's not heavily accented English generally. And so I'm not going to do it, but it's kind of like, <laughs> like, Hey guys, there could be a breakaway up the road. Watch out. It's like, really? That's, that's your insight or, or Hey boys, it could be UAE's day today and they're going to push the pace. It's like, really? I mean, you know what I, I wonder about that though? And I think I've, I've, had started getting into F1 before drive to survive, like a couple of years prior to it had really started getting into it. And then when it came on drive to survive on Netflix, I got, I continued to stay, you know, involved and invested in the sport. And, and, but I thought it was interesting, like the messages they play during the race versus the messages you would hear on drive. And I do wonder a little bit how much is like what they're choosing to broadcast because there's no way that that's what the messages are that are being passed from the team cars right, up right. to the riders. Just no way. <laughs> no way it's that benign. Yeah. It's, it's also like, it, right. It is benign. It also seems like, why didn't they think of this many years earlier? And yeah. I can also see, you know, you don't want to broadcast your strategy or, or, or you know, you let, let, other teams listening know like is your is your top right is like he's in a lot of pain is he hurting is he suffering what have you um but i think you know sam buley and brent bookwalter they're good you know they look good on television they sound good on television um you know a lot of times um (laughs) i saw on some twitter people making fun of their clothes and sort of what they have to wear every day um (laughs) and you know they're look they're in a suit and tie and they're covering cycling really i mean no, and I will like- say, I, I mean, because I, it's funny you bring that up because I actually was like, I'm going to ask you about this. And then I was like, nah, I don't want to. But and I, I don't know if it's just from really getting behind the GCN coverage of things or whatever, but I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I don't understand it on for football with people being out right, in suit and tie right. city on the side. Of the way. I, I just don't get it. Um, yeah. But I, I especially don't get it in this setting or <laughs> even them like standing at the desk, it's like let them sit in a chair and like be kicked back i don't know but i guess yeah. i mean i from a from a branding standpoint a marketing standpoint like if i'm peacock of course it makes sense but it, it is funny it is funny the like americanized traditionalized view of what a broadcaster is supposed to be right um even in today's day and age like yeah really even in a po- especially in a post-covid era it's like yeah. i have a, a friend of mine works in tech and i said when was the last time you wore a tie to work he, he's like um, well, it's a very specific, uh, it was, it, it was to court, although he wasn't the one in court, but he's like, you only wear a tie. You only wear a tie. If you, if you've been indicted. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, no, I mean, it's true. Um, I, I, um, it, yeah, it's, I would, there's a whole podcast series available on that. I mean, I think that way about politicians. I'm like, how the hell do we normalize people try to normalize themselves while wearing a suit and tie, but nonetheless, it's not what we're here to talk about today. Right. 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 You know, the other thing I thought if you I mean, we can come back to the media, but you know, we talked about the leaders. Um, mm-hmm. I looked today, the 
the guy in very last place is um, Michael Morkov, a Danish writer. Who really? Okay. It's kind of surprising, right? He was, yeah. one of, I think maybe in stage 12, he was up at the front. He must have, something must have happened. Maybe he got caught in the crash yesterday. Um, I think he finished, or maybe it was today he's in last place because he finished second to last. So maybe he got caught in both crashes. But I think that's always an interesting story. The, the guy who gets the Lantern Rouge, the, who finishes in last place. Um, yeah. Because, you know, as, as Andrew Vance and Spencer of Mar- Martin of Beyond the Peloton have frequently said that that guy who finishes last place is still like one of the best riders in the world. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I remember the other week on one of um, Andrew's episodes of Choose the Hard Way. I can't remember which episode it was, but he was having that discussion of like, you know, even the sprinters that we think of as these absolute bad climbers would outclimb any of us any day <laughs> on the road. You know, I mean, it's, it's the, the they are sure in, in like on the sliding scale of the professional Peloton to like us, you know, re- weekend warriors, they're not as True. good of a climber as, you know, Tade or Jonas, but, Still pretty good bike rider, pretty good climber. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, let me ask one question. I think at least I've I've gotten asked is Pajakar is ten seconds behind. Why doesn't he get into a breakaway and try to sprint away from Vingegaard? I I don't know. Well, one, I think UAE is a, or excuse me, I think uh, Jumbo is a stronger team. And I think they would run him down. There's no way they let him get off the front. That's so. That that's basically it. The the answer is because if if he tried, they would just no. They team yeah, would just I mean, follow him and get it. So there's no percentage in going all out from the gun for the no, I mean, especially no on a way, hard mountain stage. On a hard mountain stage. No, I mean there's no way Wout or Sep or any of those guys would let him get let him get that far off. Okay. Now. But I you know I do think. I have been really so I, I mean I've followed the sport my whole life. I am I love cycling. I love the tactics behind it. And I and I I appreciate it's I think it's one of the things I've really enjoyed about your show is the way because it is so nuanced. There is there is so much like craziness to it, but it, but I do think there's a lot of beauty in it and and the like the tradition of it and this you know just I, I don't know. It's I I think it's a beautiful sport. Um, but this has been one of the most exciting races grand tours that I can remember. I mean, this has just been so incredibly fun to watch. It has been so incredibly fun. I think I'm so happy for the sport that after the Netflix documentary came out this year, that this is the tour that followed it, right? Like that, because there is some there is some drama this year, yes, you know, and it's yes. not done. I mean, this time trial coming up as as on we Tuesday. move out of this rest day, yeah, is gonna be interesting. Yes, to yes. see where where things go after that. Yeah, I mean, I think what we saw on stage, especially state well stage, I think sit, uh, what was the one they climbed to the top of the mountain that was empty? Uh, was that oh, nine? Um, that was stage uh, nine. Or it was yeah. eight or nine and then stage yeah. 14 and 15. I mean, I think it was like, 
it was the best example of of cycling being a combination of both boxing and chess. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was both like you know two guys just like totally punching each other and going as hard as they could for a period of time, and but having to think about like okay, when do I back off or do the rope a dope or there is just like so much to it. And I agree. It was, it was just a fantastic, um, it's turning into a fantastic tour de France. So, yeah, I mean, it's been incredible. And I was, I did, I did see yesterday again, I was traveling, so I wasn't able to be as tuned into it as I would have liked or as norm- normally am. But, um, you know, just speaking to the Americans for a second, because that's kind of your, yeah. your lane. Um, I hated seeing Nielsen kicked out of the polka dots and, um, and it was funny, like late last night, I was like, well, I don't understand how he's out of the polka dots. Like I, you know, and then I started looking at the points and I was like, I mean, immediately again, as a lifelong fan of it, I'm like, this is, this is insane. There's no way he's out there tied. And then, like, Oh, well, uh, Jonas has won stages and Nielsen hasn't. So that's why he gets, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, gets the Jersey over him. But, um, I mean, the, there's just been the, the races within the races here have been awesome. Yes. Yes. Well, hopefully we can talk about that in a week when the race ends. Like, what am I going to do all day? I'll, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, there are, um, well, in your case, there are probably bar- barbecues to do, kids to tend to, and, <laughs> uh, you know, soccer to be played, tea times to make, industries to disrupt. <laughs> all right. So I appreciate it. It's been great. And I can't thank you enough for your work. Oh, thank you, man. Thanks for thanks for what you're doing for the community and the sport. I've I've enjoyed working with you, and I'm really excited for uh, you know to to not only be a fan of your newsletter, but also to be help, helping you with putting this product out because it's been a great show. Thanks so much, man. The Riding with Podcast is produced and edited by the team at Palm Tree Podco. Anthony Palmer is the executive producer. 